Here's a few exciting scenes from tonight's episode of The Tom Gully Show. We'll get a helicopter going overhead, sorry. Well, what have you been doing? That, those guys want uh, the music too, Ronnie. They want your music bad enough they're going to hover. Yeah, well, that's, uh, they're going to have to hover a while. That's a, that's a long way up there. <laughs> uh, we're going <laughs> to... Well, actually, I, I started riding. I was back in, back in high school. Uh, just... Uh, I just knew that uh, there was more to it than just playing other people's songs. I wanted to make my my position on uh, what was going on in the world, you know, so the only way you can do that is write the music that goes with it. All, all we do is just we kind of look at each other, and we, we've got it figured out by the time we quit looking at each other. So it's pretty it's, – it's kind of like brothership, you know. It's just uh, it just happened. Exactly. Well, I mean that's that's what the that's what the whole Texas music scene's about selling stories. Um, the uh, I mean you surround yourself with good people, good things are going to happen, and that's what we all try to do. And if you're good to a lot of these folks out here, they're good back to you. And that's you know like the collaboration with uh, Brian Burns and myself back in the nineties. We uh, played a whole lot together. I was still running a band, but we still played a whole lot of acoustic shows together. And uh, our writing just started popping out on the road. Like I told you, I, I can't quit now. I, this is what I chose to do the rest of my life. So that's, that's what I'm going to right in the middle of. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. It's time, America. Mr. and Mr. North and South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. So sit back. Buckle in, place your tray table in its upright locked position, and get ready for big time radio, friends. It's time for... Good evening. It is Monday, October 20th, 2014, episode 220. I'm Tom Gully, and tonight on the Tom Gully Show, uh, not the most uh, spectacular of days for a lot of people, I'm sure. I myself had some complete New York a-hole tell me online today that, that this little program was a hobby. Well, you know what? If it's a hobby, and I think, you know, you people who listen, the thousands of you who listen, know it's a bit more than that. Uh, If it is one, though, I've got the best hobby in the universe because I get to talk to and meet some of the most amazing people on the planet. Well, one of them's no longer with us. Right off the bat, when our show began, we were lucky enough to meet and talk with Ronnie Spears, uh, who passed away this morning, sadly, a Texas singer-songwriter who pretty much lived and defined the term honky-tonk hardcore. 
on this podcast, we'll play our interview with Ronnie. And tomorrow, we'll play our podcast of the benefit Ronnie threw for his Aunt Susu uh, out in Grayson County, along with uh, Ronnie Spears and Brian Burns and Tom McElvain and Jay Johnson and Jeff Hobson. And uh, I know I'm forgetting some, and I apologize. Sale Branch was there, and so was Jesse Puente, and so was... uh, uh, Randy Gartman, and so was Guy Clark, and so was, uh, I mean, I know I'm leaving people out, but but those people all got together for Ronnie. I, I'm uh, sorry, this is the show open, and it's a tribute, this show anyway, uh, to a just a masterful songwriter and musician, as well as everybody's friend, everybody's friend, Ronnie Spears, tonight on the Tom Gully Show. some Ronnie Spears and you know who you're listening to Uh, that of course is a a, just a wonderful cut Uh, the tequila talk and I believe he might have in fact I know I think he did write that song with Brian Burns uh, another great Texas songwriter and I know Brian's probably feeling it today uh, from Ronnie's passing but uh, this isn't about me but I'm gonna tell you a story or two when the show first started, we had a lot, and I mean a lot, of really amazing Texas musicians on the program. And I think one of the very, very first was Ronnie Spears. Now, I had seen Ronnie Spears, and I had heard people talk about Ronnie Spears, and his name was always mentioned when people would talk about this just amazing Texas music scene. Uh, we talked about his performances, the, the, the open stages and whatnot that they did in the nineties, uh, Brian Burns and, and Ronnie and, and a lot of other people, uh, at love and war and, and various other places. It really defined the Texas music experience. And I guess that's why guys like Ronnie and, and Brian and, and Jay Johnson and the rest, uh, and their songs inspired so many other musicians and just people in general. Okay, 
Now, when I found out I could interview Ronnie, uh, I got I got his number through the email, and it gave me a time to call, and I called. And, uh, you know, Ronnie's got a pretty unmistakable voice, and I got to hear that. And uh, he said to me as the phone rang, and I said, hello, Ron- Ronnie, this is Tom Gully. Yeah, Tom, I know we're supposed to talk right now, and I feel real bad about it, but I'm about 40 feet up in the air on a pole with a hammer and some nails. <laughs> and I just said, no, no problem. I'm here all night. Call me back. And he did a little later. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the rest of the story in a minute, okay? But the, the next time I hung out with Ron, he was up at the Cowboy Club. Uh, he had thrown a benefit. His Aunt Susu had, had uh, you know, had uh, been, been ill. And so he threw a benefit to help her get back on her feet. And, of course, you know how the Texas music folks are. They just come out of the woodwork when, when there's one of these benefits. And, and on a Sunday in Texas, you can go see a lineup anywhere uh, of amazing music because that's the day that the musicians get together to do benefits, specifically for people in the community. It's just it's an amazing thing. Okay. So we went up there, and all these people came out. The interview with Ronnie that I had that day is one of my favorites. It's not that long, but, uh, boy, it's real. And uh, you'll hear music from that event. Uh, You know, some of it's not the greatest recording on my part, but it's really great music. Uh, And some of it is very well recorded, frankly. Thank you. Um, But you'll just hear kind of what the scene's about and how much people dig Ronnie and his aunt and, and just how much they've meant to everybody over the years. Uh, No end of the show tonight. Uh, We're just going to play my favorite Ronnie Spears song, Concrete and Steel. Uh, And this is the rest of the story. Okay, so so first he's 40 feet up in the air on a pole with hammer and nails. And then at the end of the interview, so I I wrapped the interview. Well, Ronnie, thanks for being on the show. And I was like, hey, same to you, buddy. And um, done. And I tell him, click, because I click my little recording device off. And I said, Ronnie, we're done. We're done now. Uh, and I told him, I'll put this up tomorrow on my podcast, blah, 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 blah. And we start talking. And I said, by the way, before we go, I got to tell you, my favorite song of yours is Concrete and Steel. Because I came from a little town in Indiana that's now done the same thing. Exact same as a farm town. Just my great, my dad went there. He graduated in a class of like, I don't know, less than 50 kids, I know. And uh, now it's, you know, concrete and steel. And so we started talking, and this is the truth. Ronnie and I talked for an hour, which is twice as long as my actual recorded interview. We talked for an hour after we quit. And he, and he kept saying, and I did too, man, we should have been recording this. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm an idiot. So anyway, uh, to a great singer, songwriter, country or not, doesn't matter, a wonderful human being. I mean, just as genuine as you'd want to meet first time you met him. And uh, defined the way he lived and the way he performed, the whole Texas hardcore honky-tonk thing. Uh, Please have yourself one good tequila and raise a glass to everybody's friend, Ronnie Spears. We're lucky enough to be talking to a Texas music legend, a guy that's pretty much what it defines to be. Uh, Texas singer-songwriter. As Dave Pilot told me, the gigs he used to play with Brian Burns out at Love and War, the stuff a legend. He's about as authentic as he comes. His name's Ronnie Spears. Ronnie, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Tom, how you doing? Thanks a lot, buddy. Well, uh, first thing I want to talk about before we do anything is this incredible benefit show for your aunt out at the Country Club uh, there in Van Alston. It's going to take place this Sunday, October 7th from 2 to 8. I'm a little suspicious of that 8 o'clock stop time, but uh, what an incredible lineup and what a great cause. Uh, I know your aunt's been a, a huge supporter of the music and the people in it forever. Can you talk about what's going to go on this Sunday? Uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting a whole bunch of our Texas buddies together to uh, benefit Susu. Uh, she's going to uh, uh, fix and undergo a whole lot of surgeries, uh, actually four different surgeries. So uh, we're gonna gonna you know raise as much money as we can to help her out on that aspect of it. We've got a lot of good guys coming. We uh, myself and Robbie White with the full band. We got Brian Burns coming out. You mentioned him. And uh, uh, let's see, we've got loads of guys. I don't even have my sheet with me. Oh, uh, hey, you know what? I've committed them almost to memory. You got Nate Kip, Jared Medulla, the guy I used to play with, Jay Johnson. There's Sal Branch. There's Tom McIlvain. There's Blacktop Outlaw. I'm sure I'm leaving out a couple of them, but uh, Jeff Hobson. Uh, just a lineup of guys that you'd be lucky and happy to see one of them, and you're going to get to see a full day. It's it's almost like uh, live aid for the Texas music scene. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Uh, it's for a good cause, though. Uh, like uh, like you said, uh, Aunt Sue's really supported a whole lot of whole lot of folks. We'll get a helicopter going overhead. Sorry. Well, what have you been doing? That those guys want uh, the music too, Ronnie. They want your music bad enough. They're going to hover. Yeah, well, that's uh, they're gonna have to hover a while. That's a that's a long way up there. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, <laughs> but uh, it, it's gonna be a good benefit. Uh, she's been good to us, and uh, we're gonna give back as as much as we can. So we're we're trying to, uh, you know, just uh, have support for Aunt Sue. Well, great Texas music venue too, the Cowboy Club out there. Uh, you know, you can't find. Uh, a more uh, welcoming sort of place to play, and, and it ought to be one hell of a good time. And I'm I'm really looking forward to meeting you there and hearing some of that great music. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting you out there. Matter of fact, that's uh, one of the first places Robbie and I uh, started our whole. Uh, you know, he started probably ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and I started twenty uh, something year twenty something years ago, and when, uh, when Shirley was on it, and now it's uh, handed down to her daughter. That's the first place I ever played. Well, wow! I didn't realize both of you guys. That's your that's your uh, sort of your uh, home club. If if the first played you played is that, is that place? It is. We we haven't played there, you know, in quite some time. But uh, we figured that'd be a great place to do this benefit. So uh, I mean, it's kind of kind of mid mid road for you know each of the guys that are coming. Some of them are coming pretty far. And, uh, from the North Texas area, Gainesville and all that. So, and you know, the rest of Dallas, Fort Worth, things like that. So, uh, it's kind of in the middle. That's a pretty good, pretty good spot for it. Well, let's just talk about music and where you got started and things like that. Now, what was the first music that you were drawn to and, and what kind of inspired you to begin playing music and writing songs? Definitely country music. Um, lots of Mo Haggard, lots of, uh, Johnny Cash. Um, my grandfather bought me some tickets back in 1968, 69, to go see uh, Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash family, and the Statler brothers at Will Rogers Coliseum, and that that's what lit my whole 
that's what turned my whole head, you know, and I said, I want to do that. And I've, I've been wanting to do that since I was about five, six years old. I imagine your guitar was your first instrument? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, well, actually, no. Saxophone was my first instrument, and that was way back, but I was not very good at that. So uh, I didn't get a guitar until... Uh, Oh, I guess my dad was coming back from Mexico, and uh, he brought me one of those cat cat guitars and, uh, back from Mexico, and I started playing on that. So that, uh, that's when I started learning. That was probably when I was 11 and 12. Wow. So you've been uh, probably all over North Texas anyway. You probably played on every stage somebody had nails to put up. Uh, how did your evolution sort of come about, you know, starting to write the songs, getting out there? I know that you were uh, a close uh, partner with Brian Burns and, and some of the other people in the Texas music scene. How did all that sort of transpire for you? Well, actually, uh, I started writing. I was back in, back in high school. Uh, just, uh, I, I just knew that, uh, there was more to it than just playing other people's songs. I wanted to make my my position on uh, what was going on in the world, you know, so the only way you can do that is write the music that goes with it. So that's what I'm, you know, now I'm over a hundred and something songs into it, and I can't quit. I, I, I've never tried to quit, but uh, I just, I'll just leave it at that. I can't quit. I'm just going to keep going until I, until I croak. Well, you know, hopefully that won't be anytime soon and we can get, yeah, you, know, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you know, several hundred more songs out of you. And, uh, uh, I think that, that I've heard, you know, plenty of your stuff on, on record. I've seen you perform a few times and boy, there's just nothing that will take the place of a live performance. Uh, how do you approach sort of being in the studio from the difference from being on stage? Uh, in the studio, you have time to think about it. Uh, you can go back and uh, uh, change something that's a mistake or something that doesn't sound good on there. You can't do that live. You've got to be on your you got to be on your P's and Q's with that. So the difference is, you can go back and change it in the studio. You can't you can't change anything in the, in the live setting. I got but you. But I love that part of it. I mean, you you, you just got to show up and remember the words. You know, remember <laughs> the chords that they're that they're all in. Hey, what key is this in? Uh, we don't have time to, you know, everybody get together and start saying, this is an A, boys. We've got to learn it. So I'll memorize. Sure. Now, your new collaboration with Robbie White, I mean, I'm I'm such a big fan of you both. It's I, I was explaining to somebody the other day, you know, you got chocolate and you got peanut butter, and then you got your Reese's peanut butter cup. It's like having two of your favorite things together <laughs> in one spot. Uh, how did all that come about, and, you know, what – kind of made you guys click playing a lot of uh acoustic shows together we started doing some songwriter deals and inviting all our buddies to come in and we we start we started harmonizing right off the bat together it was uh i've never harmonized uh that well with someone before yeah i mean something that just came so easily i'll put it that way it's always been a lot of work you know to harmonize with folks and uh man there is just no work to it at all when we when we start blowing, man, it's 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 there, and uh, uh, we just started loving the songs, and you know, uh, it sounded much better whenever the harmonies were there than 
it's more it's more like we're singing both of us are singing almost the whole song. Mm-hmm. We'll stop, we'll switch verses, we'll you know, we'll do all of it. But all all we do is just we kinda look at each other and we we've got it figured out by the time we quit looking at each other. So it's pretty it's that's kinda like brothership, you know, it's just uh, it just happened. So uh we just uh we just, we decided it sounded so good to us that we were just just gonna join together and join our forces and put our monies together and uh give it a shot. There's not many people that are duos in uh Texas music right now, so let us be the first. I mean, other than the Bellamy Brothers or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So we just jumped right in the middle of it. Well, no you, problem. you mentioned uh, Brothership, and of course we talked about this great benefit concert that's going to go on. Uh, I've played most of the blues uh, across the country, and I have never found a type of music or a musical community like the Texas music scene where everyone is so eager to collaborate. It, it's, uh, it, it is just a magical thing. And of course you've been around doing it for a long time. Can you talk about that aspect of, of the Texas music scene as far as it concerns the actual players? Nobody's trying to climb over anybody. Nobody's trying to, you know, uh, one up anybody. It's everybody encouraging everybody to go out there and, and tell their story. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's, that's what the, that's what the whole Texas music scene is about, selling stories. Um, the, uh, I mean, you surround yourself with good people, good things are going to happen, and that's what we all try to do. And if you're good to a lot of these folks out here, they're good back to you. And that's, you know, like the collaboration with, uh, Brian Burns and myself back in the nineties. We, uh, played a whole lot together. I, I was still running a band, but we still played a whole lot of acoustic shows together. And, uh, our writing just started popping out on the road. So we've, you know, we've done quite a few. And, uh, well, you'll hear them, hear them Sunday night. We'll pop out a bunch and Brian's going to be there. We may get him up to do a couple of ours, our old ones that we did years ago. So like tequila talking and, uh, whiskey O. But, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them. So, uh, if I could uh, remember all of them right now at this point, I'd, I'd tell them <laughs> to you. <laughs> Well, I love tequila talk, and I mean, I think everybody does. That's a that's a, a classic. Uh, the relationship also that the Texas musicians have with the people that follow the music, I think, is totally unique as well. Because you guys are as as, as uh, prevalent on the local scene as top forty or that other kind of country, that pop country is in a lot of places in the world. You know, it's what people listen to in their, in their garage or out cooking out or something. The difference being you can't walk up to Kenny Chesney after the set's over and, and have a nice discussion with him in a beer or something. Uh, can you talk about the people that follow the music and the relationship you have with them? Sure. Um, the relationship with the folks out there is, I mean, if you're, if you're standoffish and, and you're not uh, in the middle of them, uh, if you're not friends with them, at least, you know, good acquaintances where you remember people's names whenever they come, that's just not, that's not a way to do business. I mean, I, I've built houses for 30 years, too, and I, I try to remember everybody's name and I do work for them. When I see them down the road again, I want to make sure that I remember that person's name. It's just good business sense. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean... <laughs> If you've got millions and millions, you know, chasing after you, you can't keep up with all that. But, I mean, 
if I'm in Houston, I'll remember the people that mostly come to see me in Houston. If I'm in, in Dallas or Fort Worth, any of it, I'll just, I just, uh, you start recognizing the people, you know, and they're glad to be there and you're glad to have them. But it's a, it's a, it's like a country music family, really. It's really cool. Everybody uses the same word and it's family. And boy, that, that's, um, when I started playing with Jay Johnson, that that's the way it felt. I mean, you were you were just welcomed immediately, and uh, I, I just think that the the Texas music scene is so precious and so unique. Why do you think that that people in Texas appreciate the song and the songwriter so much? Uh, it seems like other places there's good music everywhere, but uh, they really have a respect for the song and the songwriter. I've got, I'll tell you what 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 the whole deal is with that. It's it's respect. The song, the it's it's they want to hear what you've got inside your stuff, and they respect you for that. If I'm if I'm doing something that's going to make me cry, if I'm writing about something that's going to make me cry, well, that's that's the way I felt whenever I wrote the thing. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. authentic. It's genuine. It's authentic and it's genuine. It's not something that's you know, 40 guys get up into a room and uh, write for uh, uh, Capitol Records and try to figure out what the, uh, you know, what, it's just, it, it's, it's totally different. It's not, uh, it's not big Nashville stuff. It's not manufactured. Your, your partner, Robbie, has a, a video where the backside of his guitar has pop country sucks on it. And I just may have that tattooed somewhere on me. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't come out of a machine. It didn't come out of a, a committee, you know, no. uh, it, it just, it comes right straight from the heart and soul. And, and you just, you just can't get away from that. Uh, I noticed also that, that you and Robbie have a dedication to good old country honky tonk music. It's total um, honky tonk, but total. yeah. Uh, well, talk about your love of honky tonk. I mean, uh, uh, why is that so you know prominent in your music? It's it's so prominent in our music because uh, all the guys that we we paid attention to whenever we were we were trying to hone in our own craft. You got Johnny Rodriguez, uh, uh, good lord, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Uh, there's 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 tons of them. Johnny Bush, Paycheck. I mean, this that's real honky tonk music. There's no other way to look at it. They wrote about what they wanted to write about. They put it out there the way they wanted to record it. Look at Waylon. He did it, he did it on his own. He went and did it by himself. He finally got somebody to pay attention and and you know and backing on the whole thing. Willie Nelson did the same thing. It's it's just all the guys that we surrounded ourselves with that they they did something about not wanting to be a cookie a cookie cutter and, you know, be themselves whenever they're standing on stage and singing their own music. That's what it's all about. Well and Robbie told me, I said, what advice do you have and I'll ask you the same question. He said I asked him what what advice do you have for the up-and-coming singer-songwriter? And he said, do your own thing your own way. And it's like that, that is such a Texan viewpoint that it only seems natural that it would be applied to the music. Uh, is, is that your same advice? And uh, do you have any more advice? As a matter of fact, that's, a, that's the same advice I've been given for uh, 10 years, 15 years. Anybody asks me, you know, how, to, how do you do what you do? 
No, it's not what I do. I do I do it my way. Everybody's going to have a different way, and you've got to go after it that way. That's that's all. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not everybody in this Texas music is going to, you know, uh, flourish and and be bigger. It's it's you know some of them are going to stay middle of the road. Some of them are going to go way big. Look at Pat Green. He took off and went crazy. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways to do it, and it depends on what crease you get into. Whenever, whenever you you know uh, manufacture and, and hoard in on exactly what you're doing or hone in on what you're doing, and it you know that's perceived by the people. Um, and and it, it makes a whole lot of difference with the backing. Uh, you got to have backing. You can't just start pouring all your hard-earned money. That uh, like I said, I've been building houses too, thirty-something years. But uh, I put my own money into everything. I never really had any labels or anything. One label at one time. But uh, they took me for everything. So it's hard to trust a lot of people out there. So you, you, you do feel like I feel that you do have to do it on your own a lot. Mm-hmm. So I do. That way I get to do it the exact way I want to do it. And Robbie and I see eye to eye on all that kind of stuff. That's the other thing that makes our brotherhood kind of, you know, uh, it comes together real easy. I've never been in a a, a, a friendship relationship, work relationship uh, that was this easy. That that's what that's the cool part of it. Uh, well, Robbie is just a unique guy in general. I mean, he is just one big-hearted dude and immensely talented. Uh, the first time I heard Lone Star State of Mind, uh, I mean, I would not be doing this show if I didn't hear that song. And the, the, the type of artist like yourself that I, that I want to have on this show is, is just that kind of guy that wants to go out there and, and you know, sing about what he finds true. Um, now, I know you've been doing it for, for quite some time. It cannot have been easy all the time. Um, other than, say, the financial things, what emotionally or what sort of deep down in your soul just keeps you at it and has kept you going at it for so long? Uh, the love for sharing, uh, sharing what I do with other people. I mean, you see tears, you see laughter, you see, uh, questions, you question marks on people's foreheads sometimes. It's all fun to me. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's just, uh, it, it's, it just became a way of life with me that, uh, and you know, there's a lot of people that never understood why why is he just why is he just crazy over that well it's because i love it if i didn't love it i wouldn't have been able to be at it this long i wouldn't have been able to be you know uh success is all measured by the way a man perceives himself and i think i've been pretty successful since i've been here this long Mm -hmm. so that's that's about it what's the what's the most satisfying thing about what you do uh, is it writing the songs and creating them? Is it the actual performances? Is it is there isn't is there not one most satisfying thing? What what is the thing that you're I guess the most proud of? Well, uh, I guess I love to perform, but I would say whenever I come up with an idea and put it together, uh, fix the musical parts of it and teach it to a bunch of guys that I love playing with 
and then that turns into uh, uh, it just turns into gold. That's what I like about it. When, uh, and uh, it may it may be only me that perceives it as being gold, but that's the way that's the way I look at it. You know, they're my babies. So when you you got a bunch of guys that get together and uh, are really good uh, at their craft. It's really neat to hear what a song turns into. You know, they've got ideas also. It's it's really cool with a full band like that. You talked a little bit about the hundred songs. Uh, how do the songs come to you? Do they just sort of pop in your head and they're they're finished? Uh, do you write the lyrics first and, and then the melody or vice versa? Or is it just in a variety of ways? There is no craft to it. Uh, it Something pops in my head. Sometimes it pops out of my head. Uh, the good ones, I, I just look at it as the, the ones that are supposed to stay, stay, you know, and the ones that I can't remember, well, those are fly, you know, they're going to fly by the wayside. But um, not all of them that I've written, you know, I've recorded. And some of them I won't. It's songs about, you know, grandparents and things along those lines. Uh, songs about funerals. Um People that have passed away in my life, you know, that I really loved. And, and, and some of them I may, you know, someday. You just never know. It, it depends on what kind of album you're putting together every time. So there's that part of it. What's up next for, for you and Robbie? Are you guys going to get in the studio? Are you going to do something live and put it down? Or, or what's in the future well, for you two? There's a lot, a lot of thought behind that. Um, we're still, uh, yes, we are going to go in the studio. But, <laughs> pardon me, instead of doing a uh, total album, spending, you know, $25,000 on getting something that's got 12 songs on it, say 10 to 12, we're going to do one EP at a time and and then pop a couple of uh, videos in between that. And then that will be better spent money, I think, right now. It's so hard to... I sell a whole CD. You know, people have got all these iPods running around. Uh, they may not even hear another one, but, I mean, if you get something on the radio and it's something that people like, they'll buy the CD for the one song. They may not even listen to the other one. They'll take that one song off, put it on their iPod, and chunk the CD. So... Well, you're, you're you're like me. I mean, I'm I'm an older guy, and there there was something magic about the old days. You had to put that needle down at least listen to half of it, unless you wanted to get surgical with your record. And brother, uh, man, I still love putting a needle on my records. So do that I. That is absolutely perfect. Yeah, I mean, you you have to listen to the whole story. The whole concept of an album concept has just just gone by the wayside. You know. Uh, you can only tell a chapter of a story now rather than the whole novel. Exactly. And, and like I said, uh, each, each album pretty much has a pretty, you know, pretty well themed out, um, uh, information to it. You, you need to, you need to listen to all of them to hear what, what we're getting at, you know? So, and sometimes, you know, there'll be a couple of throwaway songs on there, but I mean, it's it's stuff that we probably, as a band, wanted to record for a long time, so we'll put stuff like that on it. But it's, uh, I'll tell you what, it, it's, a, it's a tough business now. It's been pretty rough out there, just because of technology, basically. Right, right. Well, I mean, I paid 
I think a dollar or 75 cents for my first 45 and I got two songs for it. And that was, geez, 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. And now the price really hadn't gone up and you know, that, that hurts the artist. I mean, in 30 years, you'd think you were paying $5 at least for something like that, not to get greedy, but I mean, that's the truth. And, and you all need, needs, you know, that financial support too, to keep making the great music. Well, that's, that's it. I mean, uh, we, we've got some, we, we should, we, we can never have enough people come out to watch us. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons we're out here doing this. We want people to come and see what we got going on, you know? Um, but that's basically where the, you know, where the support for our albums comes from. Whenever we're, we do the live shows, we sell our merchandise, uh, t-shirts and hats and, uh, CDs and, uh, you know, any, anything. We can get our grubby little hands on, we'll sell. I'll, I'll sell you Robbie if, uh, you know, he doesn't act right next show. I mean, there's no telling what. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that Robbie would not be just a, a model of decorum at all times. Oh yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's a he's a handful. I love him. Good dude. Well, I appreciate the the time you spent with us. I know you're you're awful busy, and uh, once again, want to encourage everybody to be out at the uh, Cowboy Club in Van Alston on on Sunday the seventh, two to eight. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I, they should have put about seven question marks behind that, that eight o'clock. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> you, it might go longer than eight. We're the last ones going on. So there's no, no telling. We'll have to see what the crowd's doing. Well, sir, I, uh, thank you so much for being on the program and, uh, just have been a big admirer of your music. The, the, the songs that I actually get right anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe I dreamed that other thing. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Uh, I just thank you so much for spending time with us. I, I just, I think that, uh, the, that what you're doing is awesome and, and please just keep on doing it. Like I could even stop you. Like I told you, I, I can't quit now. I, this is what I chose to do the rest of my life. So that's, that's what I'm going to be right in the middle of. We're going to get a shot to introduce these guys to you here in just a little bit. It's going to be real fun. Here's a song about a little town I grew up in not too far from here. It'd be north, west from here. Well, I was born in the black dirt in Collin County, U.C. Grew up driving a pickup truck I earned out right when I turned 14 Cotton gin, well it was thriving then And a farmer he pulled a plow I understand why he sold his land Hell he's a millionaire now Living in concrete and Right. 
progress I call it a dance at sight Everything that I grew up with Changed miraculously overnight Now as far as my eyes can see There's houses all around It makes my heart bleed They're tearing down my little town Living in concrete and steel Well, I can't believe it's real It's concrete and steel There's no more battlefield It's concrete Blackbirds flying south Buying up all the land they can Man, don't it make a Yankee proud They built a high school where I used to hunt A new mall where I used to bail my hay A two-lane road that leads to my home Is now a Texas interstate Living in concrete and Concrete 